This week's episode is sponsored by Jagged Edge Productions and ITN Studios' Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey 2. Only in theaters, March 26th to March 28th. The suspenseful and thrilling sequel to last year's immense hit, Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey, amplifies the gore factor with ten times the number of kills to put fans both new and old at the edge of their seats. After Christopher Robin reveals their existence, Winnie the Pooh, Piglet, Tigger, and Owl land on the endangered species list as hard targets. Unwilling to hide in the shadows, the ultimate scream team embarks on a murderous rampage through the town of Ashdown to get their revenge on Christopher Robin, once and for all. So don't miss out, and mark your calendars to catch the limited engagement of Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey 2, only in theaters March 26th to March 28th. Tickets are available now. Little Wing is now streaming on Paramount Plus. I'm in a period of emotional upheaval. Is that all the owl, I don't care crap? A little adventure. Where are you going? I'm gonna steal a bird from the Russian pigeon mafia. Let's do it. Goes a long way. <laughs> Starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Life can hurt, but life is sweet. Little Wing, rated PG 13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. from North Carolina. I love the podcast. I had recently got all caught up because uh, I do DoorDash for work. So I y'all are background noise all the time and it's wonderful. I was wondering if you could only bring three, hor- like let's say you're stuck on an island, right? And you could only bring three horror movies. What would those three horror movies be? Thank you guys. I uh, hope everything goes well. Thanks, Andrew. And I think it's only right now that our podcast is complete again that we start with Xena. Xena, what are your top three? And welcome back. Yay. Thank you. Hi, everybody. It's me. Um, it's me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, Andrew. I actually really love this question because, um, you know, you don't want to pick your favorites because it's kind of like that could get stale. So you want you need like a little razzle dazzle. So I'm going to go with Troll from 1986. And then uh, just because, hey, you want to fight, John? What was that? <laughs> I don't. I was not expecting it. You came out of left field on that one. So that's <laughs> that That was the reaction. It wasn't what's okay. wrong with you. It was, oh, wow, yes. didn't expect okay. to hear troll. Look at me. I'm back and I want to fight. No, but you know what? It's because... <laughs> well, you're in Florida again. It's going to happen. <laughs> oh, dang. Shots fired I mean, already. I just live here. But no, um... <laughs> I picked this one because it's such a fun movie. It's magical. There's music in it randomly. And I actually like like the different characters. So it's a lot of fun. And then just because even though you get like different stories, so it'll kind of feel like you're watching three different movies, I'm going to go with the anthology horror Campfire Tales from 1997. Nice. Because I used to be so obsessed with that movie as a kid. And then my last one, I love Toby Hooper. So I'm going to go with Mortuary from 2005. So those are my top three picks. Nice. Interesting. I know. I totally thought anthology collection. That seems like a good way to go for Desert Island because of variety, but I didn't choose any. So Megan, how about you? I didn't choose any either. Uh, I think Evil Dead 2013. Mm. Uh, I'm going to need, it's kind of a little bit of a comfort watch. I think that makes me morbid, but whatever. Uh, also, I think I'm going to need the catharsis of being stuck on a desert island. I'm going to be mad about it. And I feel like, uh, the violence will kind of be a little cathartic for me there. 
Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't want to be stuck anywhere with just three horror movies. That That's awful. That's like a purgatory situation. Um, so then, being that it's a desert island, I'm going with the thing so I can forlornly mm. think about colder weather. Wish I was somewhere where there were multiple seasons. And you're better off being alone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Reminder that, you know, paranoia will run rampant. Um... And then the Blob, 88 The, the original blob. or the remake? No, the, yeah, 88 The Blob. Just because I love nice. it. I went basic, and I went with things that I love. That's fine. I I did one thing that I love, and then I took it in a weird direction. I went with the longest movies I could think of. <laughs> Fair. Because I'm stuck there anyway, I might as well entertain myself for a longer stretch of time. Um, but... Horror, there aren't a lot of horror movies that go over the two-hour mark. I like feel like I like, could give you a list. There's a few <laughs> that I could think of, but, I mean, so number one, it's just over two hours I picked Jaws. Okay. One, because I love Jaws, so it's kind of a comfort watch for me, but it also reminds me to stay out of the water. Like, But maybe you want to go that... in the water. There's mm. fish there. you got to eat them. Nom, as nom, long nom. as I'm, like, ankle deep or so, which... I think only in Sharknado do sharks kill you when you're in ankle deep water. <laughs> um, so Jaws, and then I went with The Shining. Nice. And then I wasn't sure what to do for my third pick because I didn't know if miniseries counted. I was going to go with the original It, nice. like from 1990. Nice. But because it's a miniseries, maybe that's cheating. So for one movie, I want Aliens. Okay. All right. It's because I also love aliens and it's action and it mixes things up. And I probably thought a lot more about this question than I needed to. I I just thought, you know, I had the mindset of a petulant child who was like, I don't want to choose three. <laughs> so may we never get stuck on a desert island. Fingers crossed. Call two. Hey, Bloody Disgusting Podcast crew. My name is Maisie and I'm from Athens, Georgia. And piggybacking off of your conversation this week about uh, Synchronic and the fact that my first vacation post-COVID in probably over a year and a half is going to be to New Orleans, I wanted to hear some of your favorite New Orleans horror movies. Uh, Thanks so much. Love the podcast. Bye. Thanks, Macy. Good question. Makes me very, very much yearn to want to go back to New Orleans. And please enjoy Commander's Palace when you go there so I can live vicariously through you, (laughs) since it's my favorite restaurant in the world. Or uh, Desire Oyster House. Also amazing. Anyway, um, Megan, let's start with you. What are your favorites? I feel like one of them's a layup that somebody's going to say. Yeah, I was trying to avoid some overlap. Um, (laughs) So the Beyond. I went with the Beyond. Oh, so uh, good. Yeah, uh, gotta have some bulgy. Um, Angel Heart, because that's yes. Ah, that was mine. Was it? Yeah, I'm sorry. Me. No, uh, it's fine. You went first. That's what I have to deal with. Yeah, well, I won't mention all of them. Um, Cat People, 1982. Yes. Yeah, Cat People. And uh, Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island. <laughs> <laughs> Which there's like nowhere it. that she's going to be able to visit, but, you know. In your heart, you'll be there. Um, And then I kind of bent the rules a little bit because across from Lake Pontchartrain is uh, where they shot Eve's Bayou. So it's not not in New Orleans proper, but it is super freaking close. So I threw that in there. So That's perfect. Yeah. What about you guys? I'll be easy now. Um, So I'm going to say the Blaxploitation, JD's Revenge. That's a Mm. really good one. Um, I have to mention Skeleton Key because that's my jam. And uh, this one, it really isn't a horror, but you know what? We're breaking the rules. Okay, look at us go. I'm going to say Double Jeopardy because it's a good time. Thriller. Double Jeopardy is good. Yes. Uh, The only other one I could think of was Dracula 2000. What? What? Okay. What? So nobody but, nobody mentioned Hatchet. That I, I thought that, that was No, because it was too I'm easy. Too it was a easy. layup. Was, no, okay. I left yeah. that for John. I also left Candyman Farewell to the Flesh. Oh. I, <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't say it's my favorite. It is a horror movie set in New Orleans. Yeah, yeah it is. 
I didn't want but to yes. say that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, now that I've let the show down by not mentioning Hatchet, welcome to the Bloody Disgusting Podcast, everyone. The podcast where we discuss all the disgusting things we love in the horror world. And to discuss the disgusting, you know her as lead movie critic for Bloody Disgusting, horror movie fanatic and journalist Megan Navarro. Hey, Megan. Hi. And you know her from her YouTube channel and website, Real Queen of Horror, and her infinite love for the genre is Zena Dixon. Welcome back, Zena. Hello. And I'm John. If you're listening to this on Wednesday when the episode drops, we hope your week's been filled with all the best kinds of horror. And if not, we're going to do our quick round the table for all the movies, books, games, or anything else in horror that are making the three of us smile right now. Maybe there'll be things that'll make you smile too. So you know it's been filling your heart this weekend, maybe last week. Yes. Okay, so I really didn't watch a lot of things this past week. It was like a very busy week. Um, so I did want to include a series that I checked out last week or the previous week because I feel like we all need it. So I watched Folklore from 2018 on HBO Max. Um, so this is an HBO Asia original horror anthology series that features deeply rooted superstitions and myths across Asian countries, including Indonesia, Japan, Korea, Malaysia, Singapore, and Thailand. I feel like this this series is so beautiful. Like the aesthetic, it's like it's modern goth, you know, uh, visually just just stunning. And there are like ghosts and creatures and sadly it's a, it's a mini series so there's only six episodes and I really want it more Aww. I feel that's like, kind of a good thing for a lot of people who right? don't want to commit though that is it's so true and it's only like I want to say like an hour between 45 minutes to an hour I it just went by so fast you know so I feel like this series it does like such an awesome job with introducing us to creatures that we're not familiar with So it's like, I can't really say that traditionally um, some of the episodes are scary because they're not, Um, but it's really cool to see like the different cultures, like you actually learn about the different cultures. And on top of that, um, the, the creatures and like the supernatural entities involved, like you just feel like super invested and just another thing I'll just say, even though we, we already passed like mother's day. Because I was trying to think, like, okay, which one was, like, my favorite episode? There's just something about that first episode that really locked me in. And it's actually called A Mother's Love. And I feel like it's the perfect episode to check out for, you know, Mother's Day. It's not too late, okay? Even though it passed. Celebrate your mom all the time, yeah. There you go, okay? So, but, yeah, it shows, like, a very uh, sympathetic point of view of a single mother who's just, like, honestly, she's exhausted and she's full of guilt and it kind of starts off where you think it's going to be a haunted house theme, but it transforms into something else. And I don't nice. even want it to spoil it because it went in a direction I didn't see it going. So highly oh. recommend this series. And I actually read back in December because this one's been on my list for a while to watch. But I actually read back in December that there will be a season two. So yay. Yay. Nice. Well, then you're going to get more. <laughs> That's right. Um, then the second one, I checked out The Believers from 1987 on Amazon. This is this was like a first time watch for me. Someone recommended it to me, and I feel like they really enhanced my life because <laughs> what, I have no idea what I was doing, how I was living without this movie. Oh, so wow. yeah, like it's it blew my mind. So basically, a New York psychiatrist finds that a Bruja inspired cult which believes in child sacrifice has a keen interest in his own son so this is very much like a psychological thriller horror meaning it shows perfectly how an individual can get into someone's mind and I told you guys this previously but I just have like an interest um with cult with uh religion so this one like it dabbles like in everything so all right, I have so many notes and I try to like cut it down because otherwise we'll be here for the whole hour. Talk so about I'll the try spiders. to keep it short. Spiders. So, oh my God, it ruined me. A lot of scenes <laughs> ruined me. Fair. So uh, I love the, the opening of it, which, you know, I won't spoil it, but basically the movie begins with Cal. He's a widower who just um, moved to New York City with his young son, Chris, and he takes a job as a psychologist um, for the NYPD. And uh, one of his co-workers, you know, uh, named Tom Lopez, Officer Tom Lopez, he's been working on this cult case. And he had like a major breakdown because the rituals, the the brainwashing stuff that he witnessed, it was just like too much for him to handle. 
And now, you know, Cal, he's basically trying to solve the case and somehow get rid of this deadly cult in New York before more dead bodies turn up and before he loses his mind. <laughs> and so overall, I feel like this is a very well done movie. And um, again, it was my first time watching it. And I have to say, I'm really disappointed because I think that if I would have watched this years ago, of course, it would have gave me all the feels, but it really would have creeped me out. And it still did, because if you're someone who likes, we mentioned Angel Heart or even The Serpent in the Rainbow, I think yeah. that you might dig this movie. Um, mm. And again, like this movie, it showcases, and I might pronounce some stuff wrong, okay? But this one, it showcases uh, Santeria and Brujeria, and they blend it together. And my thing is, I'm not an expert on this or anything like that, but from what I've heard you know um with that with santeria it, it involves things like um like a spell it could be kind of like a good thing like it could be like a love spell for two people to get together and that kind of happened you know in the movie and um then when they showcase uh brujeria that's where like a personal object from someone can be used against them so there's a police officer someone takes his badge and they kind of do something with it and that can be used like for evil um, obviously that's not a good thing. And again, I'm not an expert, but I just find this stuff like super duper interesting and, you know, just, just watch it. It's going to be just like watch 30. It. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's going to be 34 years old, um, next month. And I just feel like it's disturbing. I feel like it's a very much like an essential horror movie to check out. Um, again, there's like these bizarre occult, like murders happening to children which is not great you know um and then even with a parent suicides for adults and just again it has like a modern tale of like faith belief love and mystery but it's, it's got still it all like it, it has it all and it's it's weird because even though it's it's super creepy and alarming there's something touching about it like it just touches your heart and just makes you want to just love it even more so Aww. yeah i already ordered like the dvd um on Amazon so I can have it a part of my collection and watch it every night of my life. So oh, I love oh. this for you. <laughs> Thank you. What about you, Megan? Uh, Resident Evil Village consumed my life this weekend. Ooh. Yeah, so it literally just came out the end of last week. Friday, maybe? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I played it on PS4 because I am not cool or quick enough to have gotten a PS5, which I'm okay with. I'll get one eventually, I'm sure. Um, oh, it, Megan, it's okay. I'm not cool enough to know there is a PS5 yet. What? Oh, I, we just broke the news to you, John. <laughs> I just got a PS4 last year. So. Yeah, it's it's fine. I mean, a lot of the games are, you know, like I, this came out, I think you can get it on Xbox, on Steam. PS5, obviously. PS4, it was still, I'm sure, just as beautiful. Maybe, I'm sure, it would have been nicer. Whatever. I enjoyed it. So, uh, plot-wise, it's set a few years after Resident Evil 7. Um, with the storyline beginning with Ethan Winters and his wife Mia living peacefully in a new location in Europe, free from their nightmares. But just as everything's settling into place with their new baby, tragedy befalls. Uh, Chris Redfield attacks their home and he has to head into this mysterious strange land full of hellish nightmares to get his kidnapped daughter back. Uh, so you do have to have some knowledge of the seventh, like the game right before this, because it is a plot mm -hmm. continuation. Um, they don't really do a good job recapping. So if you haven't played it, then you might be lost on a certain plot details. I think for the most part, you'll be fine. I am so addicted to this game. It's freaking <laughs> ridiculous. Like, if Resident Evil 7 was, like, found footage meets Texas Chainsaw Massacre, then this one is more epic, gothic, universal horror. Ooh. I mean, it's... Is this the one with the tall woman that everyone's obsessed yes. with? Yes. And here's the funny thing because i'm not gonna spoil it because this game like i've already beat it once and i'm on my second playthrough because i am an addict um and i'm not <laughs> gonna spoil it because it's still brand new but they did a brilliant job with the marketing because a lot of the stuff that you see in the trailers and all of like the fan events and stuff that's only the first quarter of the game 
Like, nice. yeah, I think my first playthrough took me about 10 hours, um, which I guess is short for some people. But for me, who does not have all that much time, I thought it was a perfect amount. Um, so, yeah, the tall lady everybody's obsessing over, like, she she's a big part of the first quarter. But then there's, like, all these other different um, bosses and their respective lands. Like, the I am utterly... Yeah, like they're the second one that has dolls. It's a total Xena jam, and that is the most terrifying component. And then there's like water level, which is I'm terrified. Yeah, so I love it. I loved it. Um, and it had probably one of the most emotional, gut wrenching endings out of all of them. Like I think the last one was just kind of like, okay, I got more questions than answers, but okay. So yeah, I'm obsessed. I don't play games as much as I used to, but I do make time for Resident Evil apparently. Um. <laughs> And then I did watch stuff. Uh, I watched Oxygen. Uh, it is hitting Netflix by the time this goes live on Wednesday. Um, it is about a woman, uh, Melanie Laurent, who wakes up in a cryogenic chamber with no idea how she got there. And she has no memory. Um, but her pod has been damaged and she's running out of oxygen. So she has to find help or find a way to break free past the security protocols if she wants to get out. Um, this is the latest by Alexandra Aha, you know, high tension, mm -hmm. um, crawl. This one was one that was shot during lockdown. Um, it went through many different iterations. Like I think they tried to get this made in like 2017 with Anne Hathaway as a lead. Then those plans fell through. And then Frank Calhoun, which is like, I think he, he was involved with Maniac he, and High Tension. Um, but he was going to direct and Numi Rapace was going to be the lead. And then here we are. And it's Alexandra Aha and uh, Melanie Laurent, who was in Inglorious Bastards. It's very, um, it's very intense for like a single set location. It kind of reminded me of stuff like um, Buried, a lot like Buried with Ryan Reynolds. I don't know if either of you have mm -hmm. seen that. Mm -hmm. uh, but yes. a lot similar concept. And... I mean, in some ways, like just any any kind of single location where there there's time is of the essence. Um, gravity probably could loosely be in that vein. Um, so it's it's pretty fast moving. It's very visually interesting for being in a cryo chamber. It is a familiar kind of setup, um, and I do think it loses steam a little bit as it goes along. Like the more you find out, the less interesting it becomes in a way. But um, mm -hmm. It's still a really solid watch, and you're probably not going to be bored at all in, in its runtime. So, yeah, it was an enjoyable watch. And that's what I did. Nice. I'm going to go ahead and start out with Xena's bonus pick that nobody knows about except for us. Okay. That she sent me via text. Yeah. So, Xena had me watch 2017's Downrange on Shudder. Mm-hmm. Stranded at the side of the road after a tire blowout, a group of friends become targets for an enigmatic sniper. Thank you, IMDb. All right, Zena, why this one? Because. This is from the director. <laughs> I was just, just going to say because. But no, this is from the director of Versus and The Midnight Meat Train. And I know yeah. how much you love The Midnight Meat Train, so I thought maybe I you might like this one. And overall, I just feel like this is just like a fun, edge-of-your-seat, strong-tension thriller horror and even though it's like there's not like a lot of locations, it just feels very like, even though you're out in open space, claustrophobic, you know? Mm -hmm. And I don't know, there was just something super fun about, I mean, it, the concept isn't fun, you know, but there was just so, something super fun about it where, you know, you're able to witness what people would do in a really crazy situation. This was probably the most straightforward pick you've had for me yet. Whoa. Like this is the, the premise the premise is exactly what it sounds like. Mm -hmm. Like it, it is this. It's a, it's a group of people who, uh, like basically ride just share. ride sharing, mm -hmm. uh, and in the middle of nowhere, of course, they're in a place with no cell phone reception or bad cell phone reception, and a sniper starts to take them out. It's that. There's one thing I don't like about it. Okay. And it's purely an acting choice. That's it. It's the the main guy or the driver or whatever, where he's kind of set up as a main guy initially. When he gets shot, he moans so obnoxiously <laughs> for like 20 minutes. Like everything he does is just like, oh, my God. I wish you could so see listen. John's face during that. Oh, you should have seen my face when I was listening to it. So 
imagine those noises listeners that you just heard and they keep coming back like i don't it, it was a weird choice i've never been shot i can't maybe i'll right. make weird noises too <laughs> i think that we would probably all moan like that though. i think like... we would but now in my head i'm gonna imagine john being like owie ow ow owie ow, yeah be like, no 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 oh, no oh, no, no. Oh, ouchie owie 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 um but beyond that it, it was yeah it, claustrophobic is a really good way of putting it because because uh, you're confined, mm-hmm. like you're not allowed to move and you're trying to figure out your way out of things and everything else. And the, it's a straightforward pro or concept, but the, the movie still does kind of zigzag on you a little bit, like how you mm-hmm. think it's going to happen. I was like, Oh no, no, that didn't work. Oh, okay. I thought that's what was going to happen. So oddly enough, it does a pretty good job of taking the idea that was originally created with like f- movies like phone booth and making it a little bit more complex. Not a ton. Right. But but it worked. It was an entertaining enough watch. It's it's on shutter. It's like hour and a half long. Pretty simple if you're looking for that sort of uh maybe like isolated survival feel. Um yeah, totally go for it. It's a non supernatural. It's literally man against man. It's mm-hmm. no twist like that or anything. So don't I don't think that's a spoiler. If people were no. waiting for the end and all of a sudden it was a ghost or something. <laughs> Be so annoying, but okay. <laughs> it was all a dream. <laughs> and then I went with uh, Megan's pick, 1992's Waxwork 2 on Tubi. Immediately following the events of Waxwork, Sarah finds herself on trial for murder after a disembodied zombie hand kills her stepfather with a hammer. To help prove her innocence, Mark and Sarah use a magical compass to travel through time and space to find the evidence to prove that there is more going on than meets the eye. Oh, you think my description sounded weird? So, Megan, why this one? Because you needed more stupid fun. <laughs> this movie is fun. This movie is like, of all the things you would think they would go with their concept, they went way out there. Way out there. Yeah. They are so self-aware in this to the point of too self-aware. Like it was, it's interesting because it's like meta before meta was really a thing in horror movies. So it's so bizarre because it basically, so in the first waxwork that I described last week, all the displays are different uh, horror themes like, um, the Marquis de Sade and the Wolfman and, and, and Dracula and things like that. And in this one, they're evidently traveling through time and dimensions, kind of, but landing in movies. It's, so, see, to me, it was like the curator of this waxwork in the first one had it dialed in to where it's like, you're going to this one. You're going to this one. This is just mm-hmm. a free faller. He has no idea what he's doing. So he's haphazardly falling through into various ones. It is so bananas. It I, is. I got so confused multiple <laughs> times <laughs> because the characters are kind of drawn into the story a little bit. So they kind of have memories of what's going on, but at the same time, suddenly they don't. So I would get really confused about how involved they were in the stories. And then all of a sudden be like, oh, but this isn't real. We have to get out of here. Like, wait, what? Wait, I'm confused. But that said, this may be one of my new, it's not my favorite Bruce Campbell, but boy, is it up there now. Bruce Campbell is hilarious. And as soon as I saw him, I'm like, oh, cool, Bruce Campbell. I didn't realize how much Bruce Campbell we were going to get in his yeah. vignette. Yeah. It is it is ridiculous and hilarious. There's so many weird pop-up characters like David Carradine under a tree talking about like the king. Uh Drew Barrymore, blink and you miss it and she's a she's a vampire victim in the Nosferatu scene. Yep. Godzilla makes an appearance. <laughs> Yeah, there's everything. You want any you think that you got everything in waxwork. They're like, we'll double down oh. here. I feel like it was whatever they left on the cutting room floor of waxwork. They're like, all right, let's make let's another one. We got all this content. Let's do let's it. Go. It's so bizarre and funny and weird. Yes. I was so confused. 
for a lot of it to the point where it feels almost like a longer movie because they switch vignettes so many times. Yeah. And they spend a like, while how long in the is medieval this movie? Ones. Yeah. <laughs> but it's very, if you're looking for just weird, zany, like, what are they doing? Waxworks too on Tubi. If you are that confused, just listen to the rap at the end credits. <laughs> That's true. The rap helps. It will explain everything. The early 90s motif was we just recap the entire movie in music form. Pick a 90s genre movie. I was a big fan of MC Hammer's Adam's Groove. Yeah. So I totally understand. There you go. And the third one I watched this week, I, I finally watched The Battery. 2012's The Battery on Tubi. The personalities of two former baseball players, Ben and Mickey, clash as they traverse the rural back roads of the post-plague New England, teeming with the undead. So this is a Jeremy Gardner directed, written, starring movie. As you've heard me talk about in the past, I love him from Tex Montana Will Survive and After Midnight. And I think this must have been his debut his directorial debut if it was 2012 i think it was yeah um and it's it's simple it's a simple post-apocalyptic premise but he is so good at character dynamics and filming the long scenes you know i've said this before i love long takes and he seems more than content to be like listen we're gonna set the camera down this is the scene go yeah like and like like at the end there's this like seven or eight minute long sequence during the climax of the movie where it's just like reactions it's just like one character reacting to the sounds that he's hearing and it's this really interesting blend of heartwarming and tragic and like it's just and it's just a really easy watch like it goes by really quick it's like an hour and a half but it almost felt shorter like there there's there's tension, but not, not so much, not like overplayed. Yeah. Like it's kind of the tension you might expect that two, of two people that are going through this sort of thing. But at the same time, they're handling it pretty well, <laughs> considering like how deep into this pseudo apocalypse that they don't, that they don't spend too much time describing. Mm-hmm. Like they kind of leave that vague and cause they don't have to, it's like, you don't need to show me Batman's parents dying again. You don't need to show me Peter Parker getting bit by a radioactive spider again. I get it. So, yeah, just putting this in the middle of it, there's a little bit of exposition to describe where they were at before, what they've gone through, their relationship, things like that. But really, it's just this really interesting kind of character study. And with one of the most awkward... (laughs) uh, Like, I knew how one particular awkward scene was going to end where... (laughs) One of the men was alone in a car and there was a zombie trying to get in. Like, I know how this is going to end and it's not, it's going to be uncomfortable for everybody. Um, And it was, but still funny and still kind of like at the same time, like, yeah, I get it. Um, Don't judge me if you've seen the battery and don't lie and say you don't understand. So before we move on, what did we watch and how did we watch it? I watch Folklore on HBO Max and The Believers on Amazon. I played Resident Evil Village on PS4 and Oxygen on Netflix. And I watched Waxworks 2 on Tubi, Downrange on Shutter, and The Battery on Tubi. All right, before we move on, what am I watching next week, Megan? All right, I'm going to leave Zany behind for a little bit. I think I've dabbled <laughs> in Zany for you for a while. Uh, I'm going to go mind-bending, though. Um, Triangle, have you seen Triangle? I haven't seen tri- Wait. Nope, so I was totally thinking The Void. No, I haven't seen Triangle. Slasher at Sea, you can watch it on Pluto, Tubi, or Amazon. Nice. Okay, so I'm going to go zany then, and (laughs) I'd love for you to check out Mausoleum on Shudder. And I haven't seen it. I started, I got like 10 minutes into it, and I think I got distracted with work. I need to watch that. I don't even know how to spell Mausoleum. I'll have to figure that out later. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. 
Don't look to see how I spelt this. It's just I'm gonna look. Yeah. Don't. <laughs> Enough of what we've been watching this week. It's time for Megan to bring us up to speed on the news and trending topics in the world of horror. So what's going on, Megan? In a world of remakes, here's one that not a single soul expected to get remade. <laughs> Faces of Death. <laughs> The original face, uh-huh. yeah, the original Faces of Death, which was released in 1978, is one of the most infamous films of all time. I mean, still polarizing, even mm-hmm. today. Uh, allegedly showcasing real footage of real death. In actuality, a lot of the footage that's on that tape is faked. It's staged um, with gory special effects being paired up with real footage to create the illusion of gruesome reality. Legendary Entertainment is behind a Faces of Death relaunch with Cam filmmakers Issa Maze and Daniel Goldhaber on board to write and direct. And it has a plot. Or it will have a plot. Uh, The new plot revolves around a female moderator of a YouTube-like website whose job is to weed out offensive and violent content and who herself is recovering from serious trauma that stumbles across a group that is recreating the murders from the original film. But in the story prime for the digital age and the age of online misinformation, the question is faced. Uh, the question faced is: Are the murders real or fake? Uh, the new story was conceived by Maze Goldhaber and Isabel Link Levy. Like the original film, Le- Legendary is reportedly hoping the new one will spawn a multi-film franchise. The original movie was written and directed by the late John Allen Schwartz. So. Uh, have either of you seen any Faces of Death movies? I feel like they just turn into compilation, or maybe they were from the get-go. It's, I haven't seen the original in a while. I haven't seen the original in a while. It's, it's been a, a long time. Yeah, I was in middle school when Faces of Death started floating around, and like it, it was like one of those original. It was like that original moment in my life where it was a so and so's brother has the VHS of whatever. Yeah, it, it was always into... like a forbidden fruit type thing yeah. that made you want it. I never saw the whole thing. I saw some of them. Fortunately, I never saw the monkey part, which was the mm. which was one of the actual real scenes. But yeah, I, this was such this is such weird news. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. But don't you think that they're kind of possibly going to water it down? Like, I think oh. they, they may, like, I don't think it's going to be as bad. Oh, no. I mean, they're they're clearly taking a social commentary slash meta approach to it's not like it's a literal remake in, in the conventional sense. Mm-hmm. I don't even understand how they can call it a reboot. Like, that, that doesn't even make sense. Like, part... Well, don't you kind of have can't. to, though? Because if it's literally a plot about people, like an organization, recreating faces of death, I, then don't you have to like, have the property involved in some way? I mean, Maybe? I suppose for the simple fact that you want to, if you're going to use the title Faces of Death within the, within the narrative framework, yeah, then sure. But to me, you're just as... I don't know. See, I'm talking myself out of it. They're calling it faces. They're calling it faces of death to make money, mm-hmm. because if they just did what they want to do and didn't call it faces of death and just called it something else and called the video something else, people would forget about it and would go straight to streaming. Yeah. Because calling this a reboot, well, the original draw was, are these real? Like, oh my god, these are banned. Like they actually show death and everything else. Well, this is fiction. Like they're pitching it as fiction. So like the that initial draw is not the same. If maybe if the marketing had been different, if they were like th- this unknown, like if they gone like super Blair Witch with it, mm-hmm. like there was this never before released Faces of Death, and we're gonna release it. Like do that as part of the backstory, and like we're gonna try and figure out if it. Awesome. Then you have me. Like work on your viral marketing a little bit more for my benefit. But this just seems like a weird way to go, doesn't it? Yeah. And plus, like, I know that, I know that Megan said no one asked for it, but no one literally asked for it. So that's why it's just, <laughs> that's why it's, it's surprising. I mean, I, I'm interested, you know, I'm just, it's kind of like, I agree with you, John. I feel like if they would have did whatever they wanted to do, no one would be like, oh yeah, I have to check it out, you know, but because they have the name and, you know, and they're saying it's a reboot, remake. Of course people are going to watch it. I'm one of those people. I will watch it. I'll be curious. They'll get me. Uh, like, I'm, you know, I'm so curious. Like, I was curious to watch, like, the Slender Man 
movie and everything. Like they'll still get me to watch it. Now getting me to rewatch it tends to be the trick, but I don't know that anyone's sitting there like, how can we make a movie that John will watch <laughs> twice? Oh, found footage. Okay, we're good. Maybe they, they do that. I mean, YouTube. Maybe it is found footage. And then they win me and I'm like, oh crap, they got there. me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we will see. But yeah, it's one of the most unexpected remake announcements in my entire life. And I think at this point, we've been pretty hard to surprise with remake announcements. Yeah. I feel like I'm kind of talking myself into wanting to see this in a weird way. Now. I mean, you're going to see it. Yeah. We're yeah, all going to see it. it. Yeah. They got me. But it's still really freaking odd and kind of worth discussing. Uh, and totally switching gears from hardcore band movie getting a remake to Happy Slasher. Uh, freaky writer Michael Kennedy's upcoming time cut is described as Back to the Future meets Scream. The writer-director of slasher comedy Freaky, they are reuniting. So obviously we know Michael Kennedy is co-writing uh, the script alongside Sono Patel, who has written The Marvelous Miss Ma- Mrs. Maisel. Um, but director Christopher Landon will be producing Time Cut. Madison Bailey and Antonia Gentry will lead the movie, which is described as Back to the Future meets Scream, which is kind of a fun play because Freaky was Freaky Friday meets slasher Mm -hmm. format. Um, Hannah McPherson, whose work includes uh, Hulu horror anthology Into the Dark's Pure episode and Netflix series Trinkets will direct. I think they are eyeballing like a June, July-ish production start date, like to start shooting. So, yeah, what are your thoughts on um, Freaky in general and mashing up slashers with other genres or other kind of beloved 80s concepts? I think that this is a lot of fun. I really love Michael Kennedy. I love the fact that he's given us these mix mashed up, you know, even with Freaky. I had such a good time with it. You know, obviously there's like hints of Friday the 13th. You know, in there and everything. So that's always a lot of fun. And Madison Bailey, I loved her so much in Outer Banks, uh, the show, the series like on Netflix. That's a really cool show. So I don't know. It just sounds like it's a lot of fun. And I mean, you cannot turn down fun horror. I like fun slashers. And I don't know that anybody, at least writing slashers or horror, like he he knows slashers like nobody's business. And that's always nice when you have a slasher. So John, weigh in. Because you've had some interesting facial expressions. <laughs> well, one, do I am I remembering right that this is they're pitching this as young adult? Too? Yes. So it'll probably be like a PG thirteen. It so probably, probably yeah lean more on the fun side. Yeah, of whereas Freaky got they did have some bloodletting that was exciting. I mean, I, this might be this might sound weird, but you actually had me at writer of marvelous Miss Maisel. <laughs> I mean, that's a cute show. I haven't actually watched the last season yet. It's a really well-written show. Yeah, like, I think I only got through the first two, maybe three seasons. Yeah, I've got through two seasons. I think there's three currently. Okay. But, yeah, I mean, that's a curious mashup, too. Like, going from Marvelous Miss Maisel over to horror. But I suppose the way it's been described, it makes sense. Yeah. It doesn't seem like a, a massive leap. I'm curious, for sure. Yes. And speaking of uh, fast writing, uh, Diablo Diablo Cody is penning an adaptation of Lady Killer with Blake Lively to star. Netflix is turning the Dark Horse comic series Lady Killer into a feature film. And Diablo Cody, who previously wrote Jennifer's Body, will be writing the adaptation. And obviously Blake Lively, who horror-wise, The Shallows, um, is she's on board to star in the movie as well as produce the film for Netflix. Uh, The plan is for Lively to play Josie Shuler. By all appearances, she is the perfect 1950s housewife. But when she's not catering to the needs of her family, she leads a secret life as a highly trained killer for hire. She really likes the second job, and her husband has no idea. Uh, So the comic debuted in 2015, and the images, I am not familiar with the comics, but the, the cover art is like a 50s-style housewife mm-hmm. gleefully covered in blood, and I like that. Um, so I also adore Blake Lively. I'm Same. Was it Simple Favor? Is that the one? Simple, yeah. Simple, yeah, Simple Favor. What was it? Simple Plan? 
no, it's not simple. simple that's simple a song favorite. or a show. <laughs> Either way, simple <laughs> something with Blake Lively is really yeah, good, and movie. I was ru- she played such a good villain, so. and she was fashionable. So fat, yeah. She had some killer outfits, and she was a little bit uh, killer. So throw her in something like this with Diablo Cody writing. I am totally in. I don't know uh, if you have any familiarity, John, with the story or thoughts on no. No, I've never. I'm not familiar with the comics. I'm not. I'm not the biggest Diablo Cody fan. Um, for I suppose reasons all my own. I guess I've just never been a. a I'm not. I'm just not a huge fan of her dialogue. Okay. Um, for whatever reason, I, I think part of me is I, the first thing I saw of hers was the United States of Terra and that didn't work for me for a lot of reasons. I haven't and seen I think it. unfortunately, sometimes when you see a person, sometimes the, when you see a writer or director or actors, the, like your first exposure to them and you don't enjoy it, mm-hmm. unfortunately, like it taints potential future. Right. It it does like, take a while to kind of like not necessarily the same thing in terms of writing, but Colin uh Farrell, I did not like him for a really sure. long time. It took till it was in right Bruges. around yeah, in Bruges was the biggest turnaround <laughs> for me. And even like Bright Night, I liked him in that. He was having a good time. Sure. Even yeah, Zena's face is like, No. Yeah. Not talking about. I'm not talking about the remake itself, but I love the cast for the remake a lot. Um, so it was one of one of the things where it's like, but yeah, I, it takes a while to kind of get over your first impressions. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, yay for the Minnesota writer who won the Oscar and like and female voice in horror and writing and pairing up with Blake Lively for more content. Awesome. I'll probably still give it a shot at some point, but yeah, it's not necessarily going to be like top of my queue. Well, Zena and I will watch it and get back to you. How yes, about that? Will. Perfect. All right. And at some point around like 2025, I'll watch it. Unless we assign it to you and then yeah. you're screwed. Then you have to. But you know what? <laughs> like when they first um, mentioned this, because no, I, I haven't read the comics or anything like that. And yeah, even same. though it's like, I personally liked uh, Jennifer's body. I thought it was like a lot of fun. I think yeah. that... Um, with the, with the writing, I think I'm interested in seeing her, uh, seeing how she comes up with like a comic style type of thing. You know what I mean? And then on top of that, like when I first heard about it, it kind of reminded me of Serial Mom. So, you know, that's always a lot of fun. I keep on saying that stuff is fun, but you know, we need fun. (laughs) But we like fun. Okay. We like fun in this house. To enjoy things. (laughs) Yeah. All right, listeners, your turn. Tell us what you think is fun. Are you excited for anything Faces of Death related? Can't wait for more horror genre mashups? Let's hear about it. Numbers 224-475-1040. Numbers in the show notes, too. If phones aren't your jam, don't worry. If you don't want to call and have your voice on the air or international rates are messing with you, please feel free to email us at bedisgustingpodcast at gmail.com or keep an eye on our social media accounts for a chance to ask questions. Finally, Zine is going to make all our lives easier in the sea of horror movie options and clue us in on what's appearing soon that we should watch. So, Zina, what should we be watching? So, hello, I'm back. So, besides everybody missed you. Megan, you made me laugh when you told people to go live their lives. You said it for me. (laughs) I was trying to invoke the spirit, the magical spirit of Zena. It's important. It's important for people to live their lives. Meaning you need to, you know what I mean? Just hit play on a movie, okay? And sometimes that involves bloody disgusting TV. You just cut it on and you watch it and you don't have to pick a movie, okay? So with that being said, coming out on Tuesday, May 11th, Betty Loves You will be available on VOD. Jack, a man desperate to improve his life, throws away his beloved childhood plush, Benny. It's a move that has disastrous consequences when Benny springs to life with deadly intentions. Woo! Okay, then also coming out on Tuesday, May 11th, Morg. It will be available on VOD plus DVD. In this indie supernatural horror, a man down on his luck accepts a gig as a security guard at a local morgue. At first, he feels pretty great because you know what? He has a great job. But then, as the night wears on, area occurrences and the dead bodies definitely change his mind. Then on Thursday, May 13th, we previously talked about this one, The Reckoning. It will be available on Shudder. And then May 14th, we have three movies coming our way that we're so excited. Megan's doing a little dance. 
So the yes. first one, Spiral from the Book of Saw will be hitting theaters. A criminal mastermind unleashes a twisted form of justice in Spiral. The terrifying new chapter from the Book of Saw. Do you guys plan to check this one out in theaters? I am fully back, so yes. Ooh. I, you know what? I might. Yes. <gasps> <laughs> okay, and then also we have Army of the Dead hitting theaters. And just in case if you're like, oh, I don't want to go to the theater, Zena. Okay, well, guess <laughs> what? You don't have to. Because, <laughs> because on um, May 21st, it will be available on Netflix. After a zombie outbreak in Las Vegas, a group of mercenaries takes the ultimate gamble by venturing into the quarantine zone for the greatest zombie heist ever. And then Megan previously spoke about this one. The Gin will be available on VOD. Megan, tell us why you think we, should, we need to watch it. Because it is intense. Uh, single location, child in peril, uh, some good gene genie mythology i mean it doesn't reinvent the wheel there but it's it's just a really solid movie with some pretty solid scares <laughs> well then there you go so you need to yeah. watch it so that's our go. list and that's the bloody disgusting podcast for this week everyone if you'd like to read more from megan you can check out her reviews at bloodydisgusting.com and on twitter at haunted meg xena can be found on her own site realqueenofhorror.com and the youtube channel of the same name or at lovely xena on twitter and you can hear me on my weekly horror narration podcast creepy don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast app and feel free to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at BeDisgustingPod or drop us an email at BeDisgustingPodcast at gmail.com or on Facebook at The Bloody Disgusting Podcast. And for even more content and rewards that we might just be recording right now, check us out on Patreon.com slash BeDisgustingPod. So for this week, I'm John. I'm Megan. I'm Zena. Grab some popcorn cozy up on the couch and watch something you love. Just make sure it's something bloody. Bloody.